0: Well, it's a podcasting day. You know what that means. My name is Landon Doan, and uh, this is a very special episode of Near Fall Radio. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, uh, Will Freakin' Rab. Rab, how you doing? Hopefully you had a, a good Christmas and uh, a good New Year as well.
1: I did. I went over on uh, Christmas, so <laughs> that was good.
0: There um, you go. Uh, hopefully it was a five star match. It would have been six if it was in the Tokyo Dome.
1: It would have been six if it would have been in the Tokyo Dome. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, good Christmas uh, all around, and uh, you know, doing well in general, and uh, looking forward to uh, uh, 2020 being future endeavored, uh, for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and I don't even think any of us would uh, offer 2020 well wishes in their future endeavors. And uh, no. Yeah, uh, if you've been, well, alive for the last 12 months, you know 2020 has pretty much been a dumpster fire in every aspect of life, and uh, 2020 is going to keep on 2020 unfortunately, until it's done, and uh, the world of professional wrestling had a very shocking loss on uh, Saturday, December 26th, when uh, word got out that AEW superstar uh, Brody Lee passed away, and um, Real, real name, John Huber, uh, formerly WWE's Luke Harper. Uh, had a very good run in the Indies before he was signed with WWE. Uh, we'll talk about some of the matches he had before wrestling in the WWE. Also, some matches that I think if you have a WWE Network subscription, you need to take some time and go look up. Uh, also, his career in AEW. But, uh Rab, when I appeared on uh, your show off the bench uh, Monday through Friday uh, on WCDT Radio in uh, Winchester, Tennessee, I I told you that this took me back to the shocking moments of hearing Owen Hart has has died from Jim Ross watching the over the edge pay per view. This took me back to finding out that Eddie Guerrero passed away. Um, mm. and like I said, on, uh, off the bench, uh, clearly these three tragic events are all different in the way these three individuals lost their life. But in terms of shocking shake you to the core, I remember where I was when I heard blank moments. Like, like this is, this is a big one in the world of professional wrestling. And, uh, at the front of the show, we're gonna obviously honor the life of Brody Lee. Talk about uh, some of his highlights, but but Rab um, off the top, just wow! I mean, your your thoughts on the tragic loss of of, of Brody Lee? I was absolutely shocked when I saw the
1: graphic from AEW. I was uh, absolutely shocked. And you know, I, I'm not so cynical, um, like like some people who thought maybe it was a work. Uh, obviously, you somebody's real name. Uh, it, it's pretty clear, and you put out a statement that uh, it's something bad uh, had happened, and then you start to see it pour in from the WWE side as well, and and all of that. So, uh, it it was stunning because it really came out of nowhere and I do give aew credit for that like I think it's um really classy of them to keep people's private stuff private until they want to share it on their terms or as close to their terms uh, as you can in a situation like this you know we're able to get in life, not just wrestling with the dirt sheet website, but, you know, in, in my day job in sports with celebrities and the entertainment world, we know so much of what people are going uh, through and dealing with. And not everybody always gets to share that on their terms. Now, some people are public people. They like to put that out there on their their platform or whatever. Um. But I do got to give a tip of the cap to AEW for keeping that quiet. Um, you know, after I got over the initial shock uh, of the news, uh kind of start putting the dots together. It did make sense that something was going on. Uh, I had listened to a, an episode of, of Unrestricted a couple weeks ago, and they are talking uh, with Brody and you know a lot of those interviews these days are, are done virtually because wrestlers go home in between dynamite tapings and social distancing and whatnot and he had just said hey you know uh, dealing with an ankle and and that had happened not long after the the dog collar match so that makes sense you have the dog collar match Brody might have been a little banged up uh, before that anyway but it's a, a storyline way to keep somebody off of television for a couple weeks because you drag them around the ring with a dog collar on Um, but very clearly it was more than that, more than that. And, you know, I, his absence, let's just say was noticeable, not just on AEW television, but, uh, on BTE as well, because the dark order was so prominent in that. So the more you thought about it, it kind of started to make sense that something, uh, more serious, uh, was going on but i never imagined it would uh have a tragic ending like this
0: yeah uh just shocking on on all fronts um it we actually recorded an episode a couple months ago at this point uh Maybe six to eight weeks. So yeah, probably a couple months. A lost episode, as it were, because I forgot to edit the podcast. Sorry, Rab. Um, where where we even asked, where is Brody Lee? And I I heard, and you you said it. We had been told that he was dealing with some sort of ankle injury, and we know AEW likes to give. Their performers, especially their big monsters, a couple weeks off TV to, uh, after a loss or a big match to kind of uh, rehabilitate themselves, and when they come back, it's a it's a big oh my god moment. Like like me personally, before we got this news on set or on the twenty sixth, I was thinking we were going to have the return of Mister Brody Lee, the exalted one of the Dark Order, either on the uh, first part or the second part of the New Year's Bash episodes of Dynamite, they were saving him for a big comeback moment. But I mean, like you said, never in a thousand years did I think that this would be the situation we're in. And 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 you talked about how AEW had kept this under wraps and how rare that is in this day and age of social media and how, I mean, like... It, AEW, you have to give them credit for this. They're able to keep a lot of big, surprising moments like Sting wraps to not get leaked on social media. And they also were able to keep this real-life tragedy under wraps. And, and Chris Jericho uh, talked about this about an hour as a recording time ago. He posted on Twitter about an hour ago talking about how the last eight weeks uh, have been torture for John's family and his friends. And it's like AEW and... People inside the organization knew what John was going through, but they they didn't leak it to the dirt dirt sheets or anything like that. And it's and you talked about how you saw the outpour of emotion from not only AEW but also his former colleagues in WWE and people that he had uh, spent time with on the independents. It was it's 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 so sad that it took a tragedy like this to kind of remind us as the wrestling fans we 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 have this fake made up AEW versus WWE storyline like like we have the quote unquote Wednesday night wars between NXT and AEW but i mean like the wrestling community it's still a community like 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 we come to this because we do love the sweet science of professional wrestling. Yes, we know it's dumb and stupid, and one of the most popular individuals is a dude that puts his hands in his pockets, and when he tries, he's good. Or, or, or we have some, you know, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, looking motherfucker uh, in the fiend popping up and being set on fire by Randy Orton to close a pay per view. Yeah, we all realize it's dumb and stupid, but at the end of the day, we're here because we love wrestling, and and and. And John Huber, Brody Lee, Luke Harper, whatever you want to call him, he loved professional wrestling. Uh, just the outpouring, like, tweet after tweet, post after post, um, video after video talks about t- uh, Anna Jay, I, uh, off the top of my head, talked about how she didn't realize that Brody uh, watched her match with uh, Brandy Rhodes on an episode of Dark, and... Brody was the first face she saw when she came back through the tunnel to say to tell her how good of a job she did, the stuff that she did really well, the stuff that that that, that she could work on to improve her game in the future, and and it's and how he truly had an eye for for bringing everybody up, and and you know the the old saying uh, you know high or high tide raises all ships. I I truly think Brody Lee was a subscriber to that in the world of professional wrestling and and it's just so damn sad. I mean, I mean, it's sad any in t- any time somebody passes away, but it's even more sad when somebody in the prime of their life who's healthy passes away. And it's even more sad in this instance because for whatever reason WWE did not see the potential in Luke Harper that myself and a lot of other fans around the world saw in him they just seemed to lump him as this guy who is going to be a heater for Bray Wyatt or a member of the Wyatt family or just stick him in a tag team with Eric Rowan and that that was his that was his ceiling he got one single title run in the WWE as an intercontinental champion and he was a hell of an IC champion and it's just so disappointing that WWE didn't take this star that they had and let him let him do his thing. And unfortunately, it was cut so short in AEW, but the brief time we did get to see him as Mr. Brody Lee, as the exalted one of the Dark Order, we were seeing those glimpses. We were seeing this guy who was going to be a major player in the world of professional wrestling start to come into his own, start to live up to that potential that so many thought he had, the potential that he himself knew he had and (sighs) sorry i feel like i'm kind of rambling here and i've already cried on one podcast this week so i wouldn't be surprised if this uh ends in more tears on my part but uh i did say uh i wanted to talk about some of my favorite moments of Brody lee in the ring uh right now uh, on dailymotion.com I, am, I encourage you. This is, this is a free one. We'll get to the D- WWE Network stuff in a second. Check out his cage match from Chikara with Claudio Castanoli, who went on to be WWE Cesaro. Brody Lee, Claudio Castanelli, and I think it was the very first cage match in Chikara history. And it's 20 minutes of just brutal action, compelling storytelling from two of the best athletes in the world, doing doing what they love. Um, before I get into uh, my list, I actually retweeted this on my uh, Twitter account. Rab, are there any moments that stand out for you for uh, Brody Lee, Luke Harper, John Huber, Mister Brody Lee, whatever you want to call him, on his in ring career?
1: Well, you know, unfortunately, because I was a lapsed WWE fan for so long, and also because they didn't let him do a lot, there's not a a, a ton uh, from WWE for me uh, that stands out, although certainly he had some uh, good matches there. And, and as you alluded to, had a a, a, a be uh one time uh, run, but a, a good run and was a, a good intercontinental champion for the time that he had it. But you know, I, I, in WWE, I guess I think back to the debut of the Wyatt family, although it's more about positioning uh, uh, Bray Wyatt, but you know, um I, I just think back to this most recent run uh in Aew, uh what he was able to do as the surprise leader of the Dark Order. I, I'm trying to remember if maybe we put the pieces together and figured it out, Dawes, not that it it really matters. Um, but I don't think that was the guy. A lot of folks were expecting to be the exalted one. You know, there's a lot of rumors about Matt Hardy. He was he was one
0: of the names. Floated about before the before the exalted one. But I'll be honest, like like there were three names thrown out there. You already mentioned uh, Matt Hardy. Brody Lee was another one. And then um, uh, Marty Skrull, former uh, Bullet Club member. He's uh, signed on with Ring of Honor. There was a lot of people pegging. That's how the Bucks were going to bring their buddy Marty into the promotion to lead the Dark Order. So of those three names, I landed on Brody Lee as the third one, and looking back, I think I think the third choice was clearly the right one to be made.
1: Yeah, so I mean that that I think I think for me again, kind of being someone who was a lapsed wrestling fan for a while, a very casual observer of wrestling, to getting back into it with the launch of AEW, um, I really enjoy this run that he had recently because I know. How much he was enjoying getting to be Mister Brody Lee, the exalted one, and uh, being in a company that valued him. And you know when he came out there, and what was that? I think it was the special Saturday uh, Dynamite, perhaps, where they had the the title match with him and Cody. I'm yep. trying to remember exactly yeah. where that was.
0: Yeah, it, it was the Saturday Night Dynamite,
1: and it was. This is not to disparage Cody, but it reminded me of back in the day when you would watch the, the, not even the B-shows, like the C-level shows on WWE, Sunday Night Heat or Velocity or something, and somebody would, you know, to to quote Stone Cold, you stomp a mud hole in them and walk it dry. Brody Lee beat down uh, the face of the company. In Cody Rhodes and squashed him basically for that title and just showed how powerful his character could be um, you know I mentioned it before the stuff with the Dark Order on BTE was great too because you also got to see his creativity in that mm-hmm. and uh, you know Little the fact bitch. that he could get <laughs> the fact that he could get through a whole uh, bit uh, without laughing as long as he was on camera I know. Um, just wow. <laughs> you know, it, it was it was creative because you know the whole joke of the Dark Order is they don't see themselves as a cult, but they're kind of a cult. But they're also kind. It's also kind of like office type humor and the interactions between people. So I really enjoyed the uh, I really enjoyed the AEW run, and I just you know when I think of WWE, I think back to his debut. Uh, as a part of the Wyatt family, but I wasn't really an active uh, wrestling guy for a lot of the stuff that he did in, in WWE. But I'm glad, even though it was brief and it was unfortunate, because he was supposed to debut in Rochester, in his hometown, oh. in front of fans, uh, and he had to do it in an empty uh, Daly's place. I am in his hometown. Mm-hmm. most fortunate, uh, or I feel fortunate for him that he got to have that time in AEW. And so that even though it was, was brief um, that he got to have a good run in the business and prove his worth. And I think that's when we get to some of the, the best, of, best of 2020 stuff later. That's why I'm, I'm so fortunate there's AEW because there's guys like Brody Lee or a John Moxley or as much crap as we give him sometimes for putting himself over, uh, Cody was obviously misused in the WWE as well. And I, I think to be able to prove that you don't have to be validated by Vince McMahon to be a good wrestler uh, is a great thing, and I'm glad Brody got that, even though it was far too brief Brief, brief because, I, and like I said on my radio show earlier today, he was a guy who was going to be a wrestling lifer. There were two things that mattered uh, to John Huber. His family, number one, but then pro wrestling. And pro wrestling was a you know right up there with it. Nothing was more important than his family, but pro wrestling was very important to him. And, and not just him getting over and him having a good match, but whatever company he was working for, whether it was AEW or he was doing a one-shot independent match, he was going to have a great match, and he was going to help everybody else he could help because he was a genuinely good person. And I don't think you would be able to convey that, certainly from his on-air persona, which is the uh, you know pseudo-evil leader of a cult. Um, and it's also, I don't think, a stereotype that people expect from wrestling because you hear all the old stories of the territory days and... Uh, The Greenhorns getting their their chops busted by the vets. And so I think that's something we need to remember, too, of uh, how good of a person Mr. Uh, Brody was uh, both to his uh, co-workers in the wrestling industry, but especially how good of a daddy was, too.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And and you talking about how how he looked out for everybody, even the new guys in the uh, world of professional wrestling. Uh, members of the Dark Order have come out and talked about what all Brody Lee did for them behind the scenes. I think it was uh, was ten of the Dark Order talked about at, how after he joined the group, Brody paid for him to get uh, his own white jacket for his entrance and 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 when he dubbed him the white knight of the dark order how much that meant to him i already talked about how anna jay talked uh mentioned how brody watched her match and to help her out uh john silver uh on twitter talked about how uh again brody paid for some gear inspired by brody lee's own gear and and we're recording this on wednesday uh december the 30th uh tonight on the well, the Brody Lee Memorial episode of Dynamite, John Silver's already said he is going to be wearing that gear when he uh, when he wrestles with Cody in that very special episode of Dynamite, and and another instance of of Brody Lee helping out the younger guys or helping somebody get the rub that they think they need. Uh, this was actually this uh, I'm going to talk about some matches, and this is a match that uh, came when the WWE just straight up creatively had nothing for him, had kept him off TV. I think this was during the time when Brody had asked for his release from the WWE so we could go do something but they they didn't uh grant that request it was uh, from the Worlds Collide special it was uh him taking on Dominic Dijakovic who has since been called up to the main roster as uh T-Bar I think of retribution which holy shit retribution but i mean just two massive monsters just teeing off on each other both uh, at at athletically gifted and moving like you would think big men couldn't uh definitely check that match out we already uh, talked about his run as an intercontinental champion he took that title off of Dolph Ziggler on a episode of Raw that's that's a good match to watch but the latter match that they had for the IC strap at TLC uh some say that was a breakout match for at that time Luke Harper and kind of put him on the map another championship match he was involved in that uh, was one of the best matches of 2014. It was when him and uh, Eric Rowan challenged the Usos for the tag titles at that year's Money in the Bank. Um, And you talk about how, how your most WWE memories are tied to his run with the Wyatt family. It would be negligent and irresponsible of me to not highlight the wars that the Wyatt family had with the shield. There's their three on three tag match in elimination chamber is like the thing of legend. Like, like every one of those people in, in that match, all six of them have pretty much gone on to be top level players with the exception of Eric Rowan. Sorry, Rowan. Uh, but like, like just a hell of a match straight up wars that they had, um, uh, an elimination chamber match, uh, Well, it happened at Elimination Chamber, excuse me, Randy Orton taking on Luke Harper. When a lot of people, myself included, were fighting for Harper to be involved in the main event of that year's WrestleMania. We wanted a triple threat match between WWE champion Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, and Luke Harper. Because storyline-wise, while all of this was going on, Randy Orton was a member of the Wyatt family. But everybody knows that Randy's, well, I mean, his gimmick, he's he's a viper. And you know what vipers do. They bite you. And and we were just waiting, waiting, waiting for the Viper to strike. And this was like the only one that saw through the facade, like kayfabe-wise, was Luke Harper. He was the Viper hunter at that point. And, and they just went to again, war on each other. So uh, definitely check those matches out if you do have a WWE Network subscription. Brad, um, you 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 talked about him taking the title off of Cody and practically squashing one of the EVPs of the company, a face of the company, um, to take the title. I want to talk about the match he had with Orange Cassidy. And, and I think that might have been his first title defense of the TNT strap. Like, you know, I made I, I made reference to the, one of the most popular popular guys in the in the business right now is is the dude that puts his hands in his pockets and when he tries he's actually pretty good well we got to see we got to see Orange Cassidy with his hands in his pockets and towards the end of the match I mean he tried and those two just put on a hell of a match and it's just uh it's it's so damn sad that we have to Talk about Brody Lee in the in the past tense, and, and you made reference to the uh, unrestricted podcast that he did with uh, Skiavone and Aubrey, and how he was supposed to debut in his hometown in front of his fans, his people, and something he said in that interview. And it's just so heartbreaking at this point that it was almost too good to be true, and it turned out to be too good to be true, and um. Uh, hard pivot, um, if you do want to help the family of John Huber, of Brody Lee, of Luke Harper, whatever you want to call him, I know Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, some wrestlers have announced that for the month of January, any money that they get from through merchandise off ProWrestlingTees.com is going to go directly to the family. I know CM Punk has said that. I believe McFoley has said that. So double check on that. Uh, if you've been holding off on getting a Punk shirt, now's the perfect opportunity to do so. I know... Uh, Luke Gallows has made a Mr. Brody Lee t-shirt that is going to all proceeds go to his family. Uh, EC3 has set up a limited edition t-shirt for Brody that I've already ordered one. uh, And I'm looking forward to getting that and wearing it proudly where all proceeds will go to his family. I know some YouTubers in in the wrestling community have said that any ad revenue that they get uh, on certain videos or for the month are going to go to... Brody Lee's family, uh, particularly Brian Zane, is in the process of setting that up. So, definitely, there are ways that we can keep this family that Brody Lee loved so much, that we can keep them afloat. And AEW is doing their part. Uh, stories have come out that Brody Lee Jr. has already signed a contract with AEW. Uh, they've talked about how they are going to take care of his family for the foreseeable future for years to come. So uh, keep them in your thought and prayers. And if you can help them out financially, I encourage you to do so. Uh, I mean, and just the fact does like, obviously AEW is going to go
1: above and beyond this because, you know, TK, uh, Tony Khan is a great human and perhaps the best human uh, in wrestling. and, And not a snake. Uh, which is an unfortunate uh, stereotype uh, of the business, but, hey, it's a stereotype for the reason, right? Um, that for weeks, right, you've been building all these storylines and uh, this show uh, coming up on December the 30th as we tape this and then the one the next week we're supposed to be really, really big. I mean, you're talking about world title matches and things of that nature.
0: The return of John Moxley as well.
1: Your return of uh, John Moxley, and they just put all that aside, and um, TK let Brody Jr. Uh, fantasy book an mm-hmm. episode of Dynamite, and said, "Okay, we're gonna honor your dad. What are the matches you want to see? Who who are your favorite wrestlers? Who you want to see wrestle?"
0: So big. And so. well, and, and speaking of Brody Jr., uh, it's since come out a couple weeks ago. Uh, after all the fans had left, Daily's, uh for and for a uh, episode of Dynamite, and they might have done a taping of Dynamite as well. After everybody had left, and it was just the wrestlers and the crew, Kenny Omega came out to cut a promo, and then Brody Lee Jr. came out, and. It ended up being a schmazz. uh, The Dark Order came out to, uh, uh, to, to make the save with uh, Brody Jr. And Brody Jr. ended up pinning Kenny Omega and was declared the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. They did it wow. for literally nobody except for Brody Jr. and his family. So, I mean... You talk it's- about how Tony Khan might be one of the best people in the world of professional wrestling. I'm hard to disagree. And... He might just be one of
1: the best people, period. And I think that's something you can say about uh, uh, John Huber uh, as well. was Amen. very clear that he's just a good human. Amen. And I think that's a, a, a good way uh, to leave it, uh, that we uh, certainly are going to miss uh, John and uh, his, his Brody Lee character and its... Uh, really uh, sad and, and we don't know the ripple effect It's obviously going to be a big hole uh, in the world of, of wrestling but it's a, a bigger hole just in the world in general because we lost a good person um, and uh, what they did for a living wasn't what made him a good person it's what they did that we didn't know about that made him a good person
0: amen and well said Uh, so with that we're gonna take a quick break as I go cry my eyes out and I try to uh, collect myself when we get back we're gonna talk about the best of and the worst of in the world of professional wrestling in 2020 because even though we've been dealing with the whole world burning down around us uh, wrestling somehow continued to persevere we're gonna take a quick break and uh, we'll be back on the other side Uh, you're listening to Nearfall Radio and uh, rest in peace Brody Lee we're gonna miss you
1: And now, he has been called the Ron Burgundy of Knoxville Radio. He can eat spicy chicken wings without blinking. He once drank a cold beer in North Carolina. Follow him on Twitter, at Landaz,
0: Yay, and the crowd goes mild. Thank you to our very own uh, dapper, yapper, Will Rab, who, by the way, by God, we're shooting here, shooters. He is my best friend, Rab. Thank you so much for those kind words, and uh, welcome back to Near Fall Radio. Uh, decided to take a little break after the first segment because stuff got heavy, but I do promise this, this segment will be more positive because we're talking about the best of and the worst of, and even when we're talking about the worst of, it's going to be stuff that's so fucking stupid, we're going to have fun shooting on it. Right, buddy?
1: Absolutely. We're going to do what you're supposed to do on a podcast, which is have fun and and make <laughs> dick jokes.
0: Exactly. Somebody sponsor this. <laughs>
1: Please. I, I rescind what I said a couple weeks ago. I, Manscaped, if you want to give us a call.
0: Yep. Holla, it's your boys. Yeah. <laughs>
1: We can, we can do those reads too.
0: Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, Blue chew, man chew, all, all them do it. Duke's mayo. Like I was waxing
1: poetically <laughs> about on my radio show. You want to send me a bunch of mayonnaise?
0: Good at that. You are going hard in on the Duke's mayo. And I respect that.
1: <laughs> I am not kidding. Like all mayo is pretty good. Um, I'm trying to remember how we ended up uh, needing mayo. I don't remember if I just ran to, like, the grocery store down the street or we were making our a normal big grocery run uh, to the Aldi, uh, but... um one day, for some reason, we needed mayonnaise, and I think maybe all they had was Dukes or something, or it was like super cheap. So, like, I started getting the Dukes Mayo, and now I don't even care. Like, it could be ten dollars, <laughs> and you could have a jar, jo- you could have a tub, literally double the size for ninety nine cents, and I would buy my ten dollar jar of Dukes Mayo because it's that
0: good. Now that's some it's- brand loyalty right there. It's
1: better than all the other mayo, and so if you're going to eat mayonnaise, you might as well eat good mayonnaise. It's like if you're going to eat bacon, you might as well eat good bacon.
0: Well, can I do a heel turn and shoot on all you jabroni marks? Sure. Mayonnaise is garbage, and, and it needs to stay in the in the garbage where it is, where it belongs. Uh,
1: you're entitled to your opinion. It can be a wrong opinion, but that's okay. <laughs> you, and, you and Andy Staples can continue to hate mayonnaise.
0: Because we're right. Don't work and yourself can, into a shoot there, Mark.
1: And uh, we can just for the, for all the hope of humanity. One of the best ways to end a crappy 2020 is going to be whoever wins this Duke Mayo Duke's Mayo Bowl in about 30 45 minutes as we're taping this is going to get a truck full of mayonnaise dumped on them.
0: Okay that that might that might have me turn uh, my my view on mayo. So uh, it, it if this score holds up, uh, the uh, Wisconsin coach is going to be drenched in mayo. Uh, before this day is done, but uh before this podcast is done, we're going to talk about the best of and the worst of when this year ha- can 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 we just say 2020 has been the worst of like 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 full stop.
1: <laughs> yeah, when we're talking about the worst of 2020, it 2020.
0: Yeah, yeah, like like yeah. like look outside, like 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 I I made joke that the whole world is burning around us. This year started with the world literally burning. Do you, do you remember when Australia was on fire? That was in January. You want to you know how crazy
1: 2020's been? Every time we talk about it and I bring up my match of the year, Landon goes, oh yeah, that
0: happened <laughs> in 2020. Yeah, there's there's actually a moment in the podcast where I have an existential crisis. It was like... Oh my god, AEW Revolution was this year and it's like like <laughs> thank god this is an audio format because I could only imagine the video aspect of it. It's like I'm seen through time and my life is flashing before my eyes and like like oh, it's so like 2020 has been the time no pun intended where time has literally stopped and grinded to a halt but at the same time has sped up exponentially to the point where it feels like we should be in like 2026 or something like
1: it's it's just so crazy. You would have never before 2020 when buying someone a Christmas gift say, you know, I probably should book this as far away as possible. Like time wise, Mm -hmm. Uh, the wife uh, for Christmas, uh, some tickets to go see dynamite ended up in the uh, stocking. And uh, you know, Lord willing and the Creek don't rise. We're gonna go to Milwaukee just to see wrestling because that's the one that's the farthest out on the schedule for AEW of shows they're selling tickets for and hopefully by then most people have taken the vaccine.
0: By the way, real quick, marry your wife again because she's awesome.
1: Oh yeah, I know it's it's great because
0: you would have never done that before twenty twenty. You
1: would have said, Okay, where are they coming that's reasonably close and exactly. when is it happening? And uh-huh. this would've would it gone. Yep. But no, we're just gonna <laughs> go to Milwaukee for no other reason than to watch pro wrestling. Because it's in July and hopefully by then.
0: Oh god, you know, I really the hope the world is getting fire. getting somewhat back to normal by July. Other oh, oh. <sighs> okay. Landon needs I, to drink l- bourbon.
1: Let's let's pull it. Back out of the the ditch.
0: Um, Yeah, I thought I said this segment was going to be fun and positive. uh, This hasn't been cheeky or fun. This has been tragic and cruel. All right, so we want to end on a good note,
1: right? And you had some stuff that was not so good uh, in pro wrestling in 2020. So how about... We start there, and then I'll well, you do that. I'll kind of pick my brain because I'm in a, a positive mode today. But I'm sure there's a couple things that happened that I didn't like. So
0: okay, all anyway. right, sounds good. Um, and it is funny. Like I appeared on your show off the bench with Will Rab on uh, WCDT Radio, and I said, you know what? We're going to keep it positive because 2020 has been such a just massive dumpster fire disaster, like like toilet <laughs> sandwich, like like we want to keep it positive. We want to talk about the things we like, but. From the time I got off the phone with you on your show to the time we started recording, I started thinking there's some stuff that has happened this year that I I feel like it would be negligent for us not to call out and spoiler alert, a lot of it comes from Vince McMahon's WWE universe. Like right up right off the top. How about the way WWE has handled or more accurately not handled this whole covid situation both aew and wwe have been performing pretty much consistently ever since we went into the whole lockdown wear your mask uh, pray to jesus mode uh of covid wash your damn hands wash your damn hands seriously it's not that hard you morons and they're not infringing on your rights if they tell you to wear a mask sorry tangent uh aew has had some covid issues but not nearly to the extent that that the WWE has had. I mean, like, uh, they've had to separate the rosters for the most part because they don't want cross-contamination. I remember NXT particularly had a pretty bad breakout because some performers decided to have a party over the weekend or over a weekend, and lo and behold, a whole bunch of COVID tests uh, came positive uh, coming out of that. Speaking of COVID, you remember back when they just, like, what cut like 20 2030 uh, of their of their wrestlers due to budget say or to, to save budget even though they still had a, a record year when it comes to the bottom line I mean it ended up being okay um, for the world of wrestling because we got the Good Brothers now in Impact. We got Miro, who I think is going to be a breakout star in 2021, uh, to able to move away from WWE. Zack Ryder and Kurt uh, Hawkins are now doing their thing uh, on the indies and Impact with uh, now Brian Myers. But at the same time... In a worldwide pandemic where nobody knew what tomorrow was going to bring, I think it was bullshit that WWE just said, "All right, y'all get the hell out. We we need to save some money so we can impress our uh, uh our our freaking investors on our on our next stock call." Like like, I think that was garbage. And then speaking of garbage moves from the WWE, before we even get to the in-ring aspect of it, you remember a couple? I guess. At this point maybe months ago when WWE and more particularly Vince McMahon just decided, "Hey, uh, I know y'all have been using Twitch and Cameo to kind of supplement your income because uh, because you know we can't go on the road and do uh, live shows and you know sell merch at the house shows. Well, you're you're banned from Twitch and Cameo and if you keep continuing to do so, you'll be fired." So much to the point that Zelina Vega was let go because of Shit like this, like 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 garbage. Like WWE is making it so easy for the world of professional wrestling. Do not like them. And like like as a lifelong WWE fan, my first memory is watching a WWF match. Like y'all are making it so easy to hate you. So, in other words, and just
1: tell me what year I need to stop. Worst of 2020. Worst of 2019. Worst of 2018. (laughs) worst of 2017 16 15. do I need to keep going uh, the I'll, worst. Uh,
0: to keep you from going full-blown John Ward I'll I'll say I'll say you're, you're you're safe right there but it's the worst of forever
1: <sighs> yeah number uh-huh. one on the list Vincent Kennedy McMahon yep at least from like the mid2000s on although backstage back in the day he was probably a jerk too.
0: Yeah, <laughs> CM Punk was right, y'all. CM Punk was right. Yep. What year did he give
1: uh, CM Punk? Uh, uh, what was it? Staff?
0: Because oh, his doctor yeah, was CM Punk had a staff infection, and then they then they tried to sue him and Colt Cabana for recording that podcast where they told all. I I, I don't know how that played out legally, so I'm gonna say allegedly to uh, to give myself that nice <laughs> legal cover that that Clint. word gives us clones um <laughs> wow all right uh, this feels like a festivus episode i can feel my blood pressure <laughs> rising by the way taysom hill i hate you too Th- that didn't even a wrestling take i just hate you i hate your family you suck taysom hill <laughs> um on the in-ring aspect yeah. Nia Jax continues to just a suck in the ring and b injure people to the point that Kyrie Sane said no 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 I'm not gonna re up on my contract and I'm and, and 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 I'm gonna go work in Japan and if y'all start like WWE Japan call me which is a bummer because I loved Kyrie Sane, the 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 Sky Pirate the uh, Pirate Princess whatever you want to call her she is a kick ass performer. But unfortunately, Nia Jack just continues to be reckless in the ring and injure people. And by the way, she not even that good in the ring when she's not injuring people. One of those Hey, peop- so guess guess whose fault that is? Who is that, pal?
1: His initials are VKM. Are also H plus H plus H.
0: I'm going to push back there a little bit because I like, like I'm, I'm I'm just,
1: I'm just, I'm just saying like if Vince or whoever couldn't get through to her, there's somebody who can just throw her in that ring and beat her ass until she understands how to work properly. Like at some point you got to shut that down.
0: I I, I do think that is fair, but, uh, but that's actually going to lead me to my next worst of, uh. Wrestling 2020, but looking at my list, it's mostly WWE. It's since come out that uh, during the booking of NXT Women's Champion Rhea Ripley uh, taking on Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania 36, which, I mean, they ended up having a pretty okay match. I'm going to give them that. It's since come out that NXT had to run every decision they made regarding that angle through the Raw team. And that's and that buck stops at Vince McMahon. And almost every one of their ideas, their suggestions was shot down or flat out said no. So one of my worst moments is the fact that Charlotte Flair A won the Royal Rumble, B, killed Rhea Ripley's momentum, uh, and she's just now starting to get back on that track. And on and C on like botched Shayna Baszler's call up because like you talk about somebody who could go in the ring and just like straight up punch Nia Jax in the face like she did to Becky Lynch and teach her it's like like if you're you're gonna keep tatering people we're gonna kick your ass it is Shayna Baszler because Ronda Rousey ain't around no more but, but Shayna Baszler is a legit badass who could mess up Nia Jax but now for whatever reason they're a tag team So,
1: again, (laughs) WWE creative, which, again, at the end of the day, who does the buck stop with?
0: Vincent Kennedy McMahon. That's not such good (laughs) shit, pal. And speaking of not such good shit, just raw in general. I talked about it on on last week's uh, appearance on uh, Off the Bench with Will Rab on WCDT Radio. Uh, Like, Raw is—it's not just a bad wrestling show; it's a bad television show. Like, and it's a shame because they have some really damn good performers on that roster. I mean, uh, champion Drew McIntyre, Sheamus is seeming to have a career renaissance right now. Keith Lee is like might be poised to be the next big thing for WWE, and like, just is a whole three hours of Raw feels like punishment to watch it to the point where it's like, like I, like I'll, I'll dip in every now and then to SmackDown because SmackDown has some good stuff, but Raw just flat out, no, I refuse to watch Raw. And that 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 breaks my heart because, I mean, like, for the longest time, I associated Monday night equals Raw. It's like, okay, yep. I'll flip back and forth between the football game, but I'm probably going to end up watching more Raw than the football game. Now, like, like, I don't even have it DVR'd to watch after the fact. Like, Raw is that bad, and it's a damn shame because... It's supposed to be your flagship show. Like, like Raw is supposed to be the thing that you point out for WWE. Be like, like, this is our standard bear. And it's just unwatchable at this point. And, and, and I'm not going to put all of it on WWE creative. They definitely do have a blame in this. I, I do think there is some blame for USA wanting three hours of programming, because I do think if this was cut down to two hours, that would that would cure a lot of what ails the issue. But at the same time, if you cut it down to two hours, you're going to have to maybe make roster changes and you're going to have less people featured on a weekly basis. So I mean like until further notice, like, like I'm just out on raw. Can I say this though? Cause I was thinking about this with
1: raw the other day. Cause it just popped in my head. Um, number one, if you're and look, I'm not trying to like put nobody on the unemployment line, but it seems like one of the biggest problems WWE has is they have a million people under contract but they don't have anything to do with them or do for, for to do with them or for them or whatever anything for them to do is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> They're just under contract so they won't go be somewhere else.
0: Bingo. Much. Yep. Mm-hmm. Winner winner and, chicken dinner.
1: I mean, look, you know, what hey I heard the catering's good, and they sort of kind of sometimes pay decent, but why not reinvent how WWE sees themselves? Because what, they have 8 million champions?
0: About that, yeah, that's only a slight exaggeration.
1: I mean, that's why there's a BTE championship belt on BTE, it's to make fun of (laughs) WWE and all their stupid championships and their dumb matches that they have, and so John Silver throws... Mustard packets into a cup of water.
0: He is mustard boy, remember.
1: Mustard boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I really hope that shows up on his lower third one day.
0: Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> but you talk about Raw and it is so unfortunate because in like my mind now, my mind thinks, okay, it's Wednesday night. I got to go watch Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And like that's my... Professional wrestling viewing for the week. I watch BTE. Sometimes I'll watch Dark if I just, you know, feel like watching wrestling. But that's the same mindset I used to have with Raw. I would occasionally watch SmackDown, but like on a Friday night, I was out doing whatever or working. But I used to come home every Monday night, and especially in college, and watch Monday night raw you had to see what was gonna happen on raw that week
0: amen hell yeah
1: and it's not like that anymore And it's really sad i just wonder if maybe the wwe would have a different mindset if they would eliminate some of these eight bazillion championships that they have that they have to have because there's so many people they don't know what to do with and if they weren't trying to have you know NXT is kind of its own universe, and Raw is its own universe, and SmackDown's its own universe. And I'm not saying that you just trim it down and you make guys and gals uh, performers work both shows and also work the house show circuit, which I just would hope at some point the WWE would kill. That might actually it. happen. Like, they like can't be just... making any money on that. But, and, and not use the fact that you have, you know, however many hours a week that you have of television programming to highlight more people. But I don't think we have to act the whole idea that you got. I think the whole brand idea is just stupid. Now, quite frankly, what I'm trying to get to is that (laughs) Raw being its own universe with its own champion and SmackDown being its own universe with its own champion is stupid and make, one really good tv show and then go from there like instead of trying to have two like watered down versions of television um raw doesn't need to be 3 hours uh figure out some other programming to give usa like i don't care what it is um you know you got to figure out how to make usa happy with the content that you give them but it's like you said like, you could st- you can 2 hours is is perfect like 2 hours works great for uh dynamite on Wednesdays it always leaves me wanting more because they fill it with action there's no filler on that outside of what they had to do during the pandemic when they pre-taped a bunch of shows and they needed to stretch it out um I never feel like I'm watching a lot of filler on Wednesday night and uh it's been said for a while now that Raw is probably you know an hour too long or an hour and 15 minutes too long. Also maybe stop rewriting the show every week at six o'clock.
0: Yeah, uh, there is that. Yeah. It's almost like, like maybe it's a bad thing to have some crazy old dude come in and tear up what was uh, laid out and written uh, and, and rewrite the entire thing, like 45 minutes to air. That, that
1: and maybe write right. Maybe me, though, maybe write less stuff. Like maybe just like have bullet points and like an outline and let it go from there. I don't know. But uh, I agree with you. It, it's sad uh, that the – because Raw should be the flagship. I get that SmackDown's always been on kind of over-the-air television other than when it was on USA and what it was on on Seafee uh, for a minute. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it launched on uh, UPN, and now it's back on Fox, and, it, you know, it, it's moved around, but it was always on, like, over-the-air television. But Raw was the big show. Yep. And it should be. And and unless you got something better creatively, I think the WWE universe should be merged into one. Because, you know, why why can't somebody from NXT show up on Raw or vice versa? Or why can't Roman Reigns show up on Raw or or Drew McIntyre show up on SmackDown? And you just give yourself more options creatively. I think the whole brand thing and the draft and like 87.5% of what WWE does is like so played out unfortunately.
0: Well, I, I think unfortunately that might be a situation that's kind of out of their hands because I remember when, uh, the Fox deal went down for the, uh, broadcast rights of, uh, SmackDown that Fox and USA wanted to have drastically different rosters and have exclusive stars. Like, like you made reference to Roman Reigns, like, like Fox wanted to lock down that Roman Reigns, uh, You know, presence or whatever, with the exception of a few shows, you know, leading into the Rumble or Survivor Series or WrestleMania or something like that. So, I do think that that might be out of WWE's hands. But yeah, like you said, eighty-seven percent of what they do actually doesn't lead to anything, and 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 it's 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 so damn disappointing. Y'all got seven hours of television a week across WWE, across Raw, across NXT, across SmackDown, and and that's just. the non pay-per-view weeks. And you have this roster that is like top to bottom. Some of the most talented wrestlers in the world, like, like, like they might have the most talented roster of all time. And they just can't figure out stuff to do with like freaking Alistair black. That dude hadn't been on TV forever since, since he became like the dread pirate black or some crap like that with an eye patch. It's like, it's so disappointing. And then, what they do do, ah, I said do do, with the people that they feature on TV, it's like, look at the War Raiders who have been uh, rebranded into the Viking Raiders, into the Viking experience, which sounds like a shitty roller coaster. It's like these guys were. Sounds a, like a Medieval Times ripoff. Y- 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 thank you. And and these guys were killer Across Medieval the world, I mean, like, like, soup, like, like, it, uh, this was a legendary tag team in Japan, in the Indies, hell, even in NXT when when, when they were just War Machine, I, and and then they come up and them and the Street Profits, who by the way I think is a very good tag team, they feud with each other and it's like 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 their feud isn't wrestling based. It's like all right, we're gonna go bowling one week and then the next week. We're going to play golf. And then when they finally do square off on pay-per-view, they get attacked by ninjas, Rab, goddamn ninjas.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it all goes back to a guy who's embarrassed that he owns a wrestling company, which is interesting because he became a billionaire booking a wrestling company. Yep. Um, but Vince McMahon, for whatever reason is, I don't know how you, uh, uh, micromanage, uh, and are the dictator of a wrestling company for all these years, but you're embarrassed to to do wrestling. I don't understand. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So,
0: according to Andrew Yang in a recent interview, uh, WWE is valued at uh, north of three billion dollars. So. But, yeah, please continue so, yeah, the, to be embarrassed.
1: In in summation, I mean, if you got some other ones you want to hit real quick, I think the, the gist <laughs> of it is a lot of the worst of uh, 2020 happened over in that other company. Yes, yes.
0: I do have a couple more points, but I will keep it brief because uh, I do appreciate our listeners' time, and I think my blood pressure would appreciate it if I moved on. Uh, the splitting up of The New Day, I hate that. Like, that's just me personally. The New Day is probably my favorite act in the world of professional wrestling since, like, probably the turn of the century. I, I, I hate the fact that, that they're doing the New Day that way. Uh, Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio feuded forever, and uh, part of that feud involved an eye-for-an-eye eye match where the only Whoa. way the match will stop is if somebody loses an eye... And then even after that match, the feud continued on to the point where now Rey Mysterio and his entire family are now featured prominently on WWE programming, including uh, Murphy, who is a hell of a wrestler, uh, is dating Rey Mysterio's like 19, 20 year old daughter and rumors are saying that they're going to have a uh, wrestling marriage. Um, um, We're going to head over to uh, the... A uh, kingdom of Saudi Arabia for where uh, Bill Goldberg in 2020 decided to come out of retirement to kill the fiend and take the title off of him. Practically squashing the fiend in two and a half minutes because a Goldberg can't go past two and a half minutes and b. Goldberg definitely can't go past two and a half minutes in 2020. Uh, Pretty much kill it off. Any mystique they had. um, uh, And then finally, speaking on The Fiend, I already made reference to it earlier. They set him on fire to end a pay-per-view. And that was like two weeks ago. Randy Orton set The Fiend on fire. Just, Just burned him in the ring. This is professional wrestling, y'all, at least according it, are, to Vince I McMahon. Just gotta,
1: I just got to ask this for clarity. <laughs> are we sure that
0: Vince Russo isn't secretly <laughs> booking the WWE? Bro, let me tell you, we're going to have the Viper. He's going to set The Fiend on fire, bro. It is going to blow your mind, I was mind, watching bro. this
1: episode of Jerry Springer the other day, bro.
0: Uh, that's, you know what, that's 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 a fair question. And speaking of fair, I don't want all of my gripes to be in the bubble of the WWE universe. So brace for impact. I have some stuff that I have gripes with AEW over. Well, yeah, I did. It also, came, because we
1: talked about this at one point, I still think it's really dumb that WWE emanates from the Thunderdome.
0: I I don't know. Like the Thunderdome has definitely grown on me and and, and especially since they've pivoted to where the, the, the rays play in uh, Tropicana Field. Like I like like don't get me wrong, I still like what Dynamite's doing with the limited live crowd socially distance and you know, wear your mask or get ejected and you know we're gonna test and all that stuff. But but I I think the Thunderdome is kind of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the See, name the is stupid I, as shit, but like problem- I, I really like what they've done with it. And and they've been able to do some really cool stuff. I mean, even though I just made fun of it, where that's, once again, The Fiend was set on fire to end the pay-per-view. Only, that's
1: my only thing, is them having to come up with a gimmicky name for it, right? Yeah. Just like with Raw Underground, which I'm assuming that went away.
0: Oh, yeah, or, that went away, and, and I, I don't know how I forgot about naming that in my worst of, because, but, holy shit, that but, was a but, steaming pile of dog crap. But, um, yeah,
1: so, again, it said they had to name it, because, like, Vince McMahon would be embarrassed to just be like, yeah, we're taping from the same place every week. We got to have a cheesy name for it. And Tony Khan's like, I don't give a crap that I've been at Daly's Place in Jacksonville for, what is it, probably... Seven months at least. Seven months now? Oh my god, this year is the worst. Seven, eight months. <laughs> but uh yeah, dude, let's uh, quick we we gotta we gotta take care, we gotta air these last couple grievances and then talk about the good stuff that we promised okay, people real quick. an hour ago.
0: Even though the match ended up being like like, and we're gonna talk about it in our best matches of the year, I still hate the buildup for FTR and the Young Bucks. And like, even FTR talked about it in a interview with Wrestle Talk about how they weren't happy with it. And this is a match that wrestling fans had been clamoring for for years that both teams had teased when they were in separate promotions uh, that like one day the young bucks will wrestle the revival and people will rejoice or something to that effect. And, and for whatever reason, they decided to turn the bucks heel or tweeners or some crap. They started kicking Alvin or, Alex Marvez in the face, which I mean, some might say that's a that's a face move. But regardless, um, I wasn't a but fan they of they kicked that-
1: Skiavone too and broke his phone. That's right. So that's yeah, they cool.
0: they broke Skiavone's phone. That's not cool. And then don't it's mess like, with, uh,
1: don't mess with Skiavone. I will get in my car and I will drive to your house. Uh, I think uh, Big swole, The word she used was heffa,
0: <laughs> and I. I
1: I am a stand for Skiavone. Damn
0: it! Yeah, like, and and even though, like, like since AEW started last year, this can't be one of our highlights. Just the renaissance of Tony Schiavone. Like, like I love the fact that Skiavone is back in the world of professional wrestling. Like, like, like I'm like I missed you, Tony. I didn't know how much I missed you until you came back. The world of wrestling is better having you in it, Skiavone. And and I love you, even if you are a. Godless Georgia Bulldogs fan or employee, probably. Um, uh, 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 and 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 this and this might be a cop out. I still think the AEW Women's Division has a ways to go. Um, yeah. And and I, I I do acknowledge they've had some bad luck with injuries, but but at the same time, it's like they're. Come on, get do there, you Do they
1: have Do they have a direction, or do we not know? Because you'd have to watch Dark every week
0: that's and and that that's a fair question it might be part of the problem and this could be a worst of but i'm gonna like like say it's not but i do want to air it i am kind of worried about miro's booking since he's come to aew but i am calling it right now i think and and i'm just gonna make up a category that you're gonna have to have an answer for rab breakout star of 2021 i'm predicting it's going to be miro
1: Hmm, that's a that's a good one (sighs)
0: okay all right i got that off my chest let's talk about fun stuff now god hey
1: before we move on to fun stuff two words for you and then i'll try to circle back around to breakout star 2021 at some point i need to think about it two words for you mimosa mayhem Ooh, ooh, yeah yeah that even though the i think the match ended up being good and the, the match ended up being okay it was fun to see Chris Jericho swim in a vat of whatever they used to make it look like orange juice. Because I guarantee it probably wasn't actually orange juice.
0: It was Tang. Just, just it's like a Tang. Bunch of water and like seven thousand pounds of Tang. An <laughs> entire dump truck of Tang was <laughs> yep, sitting exactly. in the Jags. You know, Shad was on the phone. He's like, Tony, why their dump truck? Seven thousand pounds of Tang. Dad, we need Tang for my wrestling show. Aren't you watching? <laughs> <laughs> and I apologize,
1: that was an insensitive voice that I just did. Um
0: oh, anyway. It's okay. Um, the punchline was seven thousand pounds of tang, which by the way, I think I dated her at one point.
1: Oh hi. <laughs> Boom! Yeah. Boom. I saw her on the internet the other day. <laughs> ah, so you're into the big ladies too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh that's the stuff that wasn't so good in 2020, but there was actually a lot of good. Um, Let's start, because then we'll do this. We'll get to our, our rankings of the matches, and then actually our performer of the year uh, as well. Uh, moments that stand out to you in 2020. I'll lead off... Uh, with one we we kind of talked about it it's appropriate uh with this being a a in part a Brody lee tribute episode his feud with cody yep was his his aew run was a moment of 2020 from the debut to the tnt championship feud with cody um it was kind of hastily thrown together but uh his his feud that he had with with Mox as well, uh, 2020 for Brody Lee was really, really good.
0: Yeah, and uh, unfortunately,
1: mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's an incomplete book.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll echo that a thousand percent. I would say Brody Lee really gave legitimacy to the dark order. Yes. And if and, and, and if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you know me and Rab, we've we've been fans of the Dark Order back before it was cool. So in your face internet edgelords. But uh it We it,
1: weren't sure at the beginning. I was like, what's why do we have like sixteen like <laughs> cult factions in aew
0: okay like i think that was more of an issue of just booking as a as a whole and thankfully they decided to give the heave ho to the nightmare collective or whatever the hell brandy was trying to do but it's like i was on board with dark order from day one when Stu grayson and evil uno showed up uh even when it was just those two and like 19 dudes in gimp masks that formed a Seat for Uno. Uh, like I, yeah, Brody Lee's entire run in AEW is great. It's like I'm not like there were some touch and go moments when it was like, oh, is he trying to be like a, a, a veiled shot at Vince McMahon? If so, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that. But once they once they hit their stride and really came into their own, like like I loved the entire with, with the exception of those few weeks, the feeling out process. I loved the entirety of the dark order with Mm -hmm. Brody Lee. And if I'm being honest, I'm a little worried for the future of the dark order without Brody Lee.
1: Yeah. I I am too, because like you, I did, uh, from the jump, uh, like the in ring stuff, uh, that Stu and Uno were doing. Uh, but I definitely think it was better when they kind of found a direction for them after they kind of, Aborted on the the Young Bucks feud, uh, and then got in the whole deal with the the Exalted ones coming, and and SCU was like, no, they're not, uh, or or no, he's not. Uh, there is no Exalted one, and then Brody making his debut. That was definitely a mm-hmm. uh, really uh, really cool. Uh, you remember when uh, moment that uh, stood out. And, and so, uh, you know, kudos there because, again, he um, was able to help uh, a lot of people uh, get a big push uh, in AEW, uh, bringing the legitimacy to the Dark Order. Uh, you know, this is a guy who might be a candidate. For, uh, performer of the year i don't know we'll have to see Dawes wouldn't tell me who his guy was um but and this might well no because it was that it started kind of at revolution uh which again was in 2020 for those of you keeping score at home that the shocks me every or-
0: time he says that i'm right there the with rise you. of orange
1: cassidy <laughs> in 2020 Because you know we didn't really see a lot of Orange Cassidy until TV got started in late November 2019, and even then he was just kind of the dude sitting in the chair with the weak thumbs up and the T-shirt of himself and the jean jacket. But you know, you could argue uh, that he's among the faces of the company. Oh, if not the, I mean, he's the most over guy in the company, uh, but. I don't want to shortchange some some other guys who are also some stars and and hold some championships as as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, like uh, reports have come out that uh, TNT executives they love Orange Cassidy, like 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 to the point where it's like if they had their way. OC would be the AEW champion. Now, I am not advocating for that. And I mean, hell, last episode of this podcast, I said, I don't know how I feel about OC uh, being up in the uh, main event picture. But I mean, I've kind of cooled on that. It's like he definitely has his place. He's fun to watch. People like him. He moves merchandise. I know uh, he uh, was one of, if not the biggest seller on ProWrestlingTees.com and ShopAEW.com. At, like, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Homeboy gets a Hot Topic deal similar to what the Young Bucks and Dan Housen have done getting his merchandise. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's already in Damn Hot Topic. And, and it's like, all right, whatever, Hot Topic. But My- I, I mean, like, like, that is really how the Bullet Club kind of blew up to the point where it's like, I, I still remember having the story uh, or reading the story. Hot Topic employees went to WrestleMania one year because they were yep. thinking about doing uh, going into business with a partnership with WWE. And they're like, yeah, yeah. We we kept seeing this one shirt that said Bullet Club and it had this logo on it. Who's that? Oh, that's uh, that's uh, one of our competitors. Oh. oh, oh, okay, all right. And then they went and talked with the Young Bucks. They talked with New Japan. It's like, that's where I got my fucking uh, Bullet Club shirt from Hot Topic.
1: So that, that was uh, because... Again, he was part of some uh, interesting moments. Uh, mima- m- mimosa mayhem uh, mm. aside, his feud with Jericho uh, I thought was uh, fantastic. I hate that for whatever reason to, I guess, set up a sort of okay match uh, with John Silver the Dark Order. There had to be interference in his uh, uh, TNT Championship uh, match that was, that, Cody, that was a yeah. good match up until Cody, mm. but that was a good match up until. One thing AEW could learn is that you don't need a dusty finish every week.
0: Amen to that, buddy.
1: Amen to that. Um, all, you know, also among highlights of 2020,
0: it's Sting. Yes. Yes. Uh huh. Oh my God. Still just thinking about it, even though it only happened like what maybe over a month ago, like that turned me into a 12 year old kid just watching wrestling on a, on a Monday night. Like, Holy shit. It's the man called sting. Just, wow. I, I
1: don't, I don't want to say that there's that things don't surprise us anymore. Cause I still try to watch wrestling and suspend my disbelief and just enjoy what, ha- what's happening. But you watch it long enough. You can kind of tell a direction they might want to go, or you might see a rumor or this or that. And, uh, we like the behind-the-scenes aspect of the business at times, too. Uh, Dawes might have had an idea, you know, <laughs> and he had suggested it because, you know, Darby had started sitting up in the rafters and stuff. That was that three damn weeks early, Sting. man.
0: I would have looked like the smartest man in, in all of <laughs> wrestling podcasts, which, I mean, to be fair. Nobody but, you know, nobody <laughs> expected
1: Sting to show up at Winter is Coming.
0: Still one of those, like, holy shit moments. It's like, like when when you heard the Crow, it's like, no, it can't be. And then when they finally threw it up on on the on the Tony Tron, sting. Like holy shit. Just such a great moment. And then such- and then like freaking Skiavone with the call. Like it took took me back. Like I said, I was twelve-year-old, tw- twelve years old again, watching, watching Nitro, like, like it's sting as he comes down from the rafters to fight off the NWO with his badge. So ugh. Oh, so excited to have Sting back in so, wrestling! So,
1: so good.
0: Um, you know, I, I think it was
1: a nice uh, payoff as well. Kind of uh, talking about uh, Sting Jr. Uh, I mean that in the in the kindest way because I'm a huge Darby Allen fan. Oh, um,
0: okay. Speaking of that, I'm going to spring another category on that you're going to have to name an answer to. Who do you okay. think is the most underrated wrestler of 2020?
1: Well, I'm about to think about that for a second. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. Like the other one the the other question, that you had, the the breakout star of uh 2021. Yep. Um Thought that was a nice moment as well for Darby to finally get his due because he had been in some big matches and some big moments in AEW. Uh, what he and, uh, and Cody had a couple of, uh, or had had the match that went to a draw, and mm-hmm. they had worked some, you know, worked some angles before. He had been in some big moments. Him and in, Sammy Guevara
0: just tore him it him and Sammy Guevara oh had some God. good matches. Those matches were amazing.
1: Um, But he never, you know, got the nod in the big moment. He would get a chance in a, you know, in a tournament to get a title match. And, you know, sometimes storyline-wise, it, it made sense for somebody else to go over on Darby. And I'm so interested to see what they're going to do with Darby as a TNT champ because he's not had a title defense yet, I don't think. I'm not um, yeah, cool. But, you know. I, that was a highlight for me. I felt good seeing Darby get that strap because you know how hard he's worked to be where he's at in the business. And I always kind of like the victory for the guys who don't fit the mold, because I think that's the stupidest thing in wrestling is that there's a carbon copy kind of mold that somebody has to be to be a wrestler. I mean, you mentioned it. Who's the most pop? What's the most popular popular act in wrestling right now? The guy who puts his hands in his pants and tries. Yep, <laughs> hands in his pockets. So the difference between putting your hands in your pockets and putting your hands. In I, your
0: pants. I was going to say, I think what you're looking for is Orange Cassidy. What you actually asked for was Pervert Cassidy. So, <laughs> or,
1: Orange Cassidy doesn't fit the mold. They wouldn't know what to do with him in the WWE.
0: Hell, there are still people that are losing their minds that Orange Cassidy is so over as he is. So, yeah, I, I, I like that was, that was a,
1: a nice moment. And then I'm trying to, let me see if there's any, any others that I can think you got, you got some, some things that we should cover, like just things that happened in 2020.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is one that uh, I'm kind of surprised you didn't pick up on uh, the Kenny Omega and hangman page story. Uh, we'll definitely, well, be- I think, cause that,
1: I think, I, th- I think that story still kind of continuing.
0: Well so I don't think okay you know. the story th- uh, that's been told so far and I have a feeling uh, much like this story continuing on in the future I think we'll be talking about uh that story uh in uh, some upcoming minutes in the podcast like just the story that they told like 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 Kenny being you know the best in the world but he's you know he's he's quote-unquote slumming it with a, in the tag team with a, with his elite brethren, where Hangman like has tried to break off from the elite several times, and uh, he he was given the chance to be the first AEW champion, and, and then it blew up in his face, so he became a functioning alcoholic, and and they teamed together, and they're just so damn good. And it's like, I mean, the story that they told with the Bucks, the stories that they told with F- F- FTR, the best friends, like, like they they were so damn good throughout the year. Like I want like like I want to highlight them as one of the best things of 2020. Um, uh, speaking of Kenny Omega, the new character that we have now, kind of kind of the Thanos version of wrestling, Kenny the Collector. Like like he he's wanting to go to different organizations and take their titles. He already has the AAA title. Uh, he is going to fight and main event on the next impact pay-per-view with the good brothers against uh impact champion, rich swan and the motor city machine guns. I wouldn't be surprised if we get an, uh, an Omega swan main event for another pay-per-view where Kenny takes the impact title. Like I, I love the possibilities for Kenny, the collector or, or, yep. or Thanos or, or whatever you want to call him. I think that's, that's super awesome. Um, Don Callis legit annoys me. The invisible hand, because he keeps cutting the same promo on every show. It's like Don, come, come on, dude. Like I liked
1: the i, I liked the idea of bringing in Don Callis. Like at some point, I just hope that it ends with like Tony Khan. I know Tony Khan doesn't really want to be on TV. Yeah, dude, get the fuck out. <laughs> somebody, somebody, just giving it to him. Oh, that's another best of 2020. The. Uh, commercials that TK oh my God and Skiavone cut on impact <laughs> those were so great Did, that whole that whole storyline and the an impact and aew working together uh, you know and again like it's not just his character like Don callis legitimately annoys me right now but I do think he's gonna be good for business long term I would hope. <laughs>
0: He will. Don't worry. But but yeah, like especially the first one where it's like, hi, I'm Tony Khan, uh, president of uh, AEW and I'm I'm Tony Schiavone, play by play of AEW Dynamite. Hey, Tony, didn't didn't you have a cup of coffee and uh, TNA back in the day? Yep. One day. And then I quit the wrestling business for 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 a decade. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Tony Khan and I'm the reason you can watch this program right now because I'm paying for it. Pretty much. I mean, it's like, yeah, that's that's also another one of one of the highlights, in my opinion, of 2020, like you kind of talked about. It's like the possibility of what could come with AEW teaming up with Impact. And then, I mean, we already see their relationship with NWA. So, I mean, like, I love the fact that it at least looks like AEW is open to business with everybody else. And, ooh, that could it be really cool.
1: Hasn't been that way in a long time. Uh, do you need to mention as well, uh, cuz we mentioned Brody Lee's debut uh, what well, that was the same episode of Dynamite right uh Matt Hardy uh showed up in AEW in the AEW universe
0: I think that might have been the week before because if I remember correctly uh uh Matt Hardy closed the episode uh with with weird jump cut edits through uh through through dailies didn't he Yeah. Uh-
1: it time is a flat circle dude so all i know is those were (laughs) a couple of correct yes (laughs) those were a couple of really cool moments oh yeah yeah like
0: aew's had some really damn good debuts and surprise it's like i would even throw eddie kingston in there i would throw my boy warhorse in there as well yes but i think we all kind of figured
1: that as soon as brody lee could get clear of WWE he was going to come to AEW because he had something to prove Mm -hmm. Uh, I I wasn't for sure that Matt Hardy was going to come to AEW because you know the the, the Bucks could have gone down to the Hardy compound just to have some fun just for no reason on BTE just to swerve people
0: I mean, uh, I mean that they like to do that. Yeah, that's that that's true, but it's like I kind of feel like uh like the Bucks and the Hardys uh kind of forged a friendship when they were both on the indies because like uh if you remember when the Hardys made their uh comeback in WWE at WrestleMania in Orlando the night before, they had a hellacious tag tag team ladder match against the Bucks, where I mean like they were doing all the spots and uh Matt Hardy I think it was on a WWE network special said that the only people that knew what was going to happen was Matt and Jeff and Nick and Matt. And like, I even think like, uh, it, uh I don't know if it was on that special because I doubt they would let the bucks be on WWE network. But I, I, I do remember Matt saying it was almost like Vince McMahon was saying, all right, you know, what's going to happen. Please don't break my surprise. So, I mean, like, like th- there's definitely a relationship that was built through yeah. the indies.
1: Yeah, Yeah. yeah. All- but, but, the, the 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 that's a moment the debuts that we had in yes, 2020 absolutely as a category yeah uh, you know Brian Cage uh, showing Ooh, up yeah showing the, up yes in the in the in the Battle Royal and getting paired uh, with with Taz and. Uh, Him coming out, tearing Jake, that
0: ladder apart as the final entrant in the ladder match. Jake, yeah.
1: Jake the Snake being paired with uh, Lance Archer and Archer coming yeah, over. Yeah, the murder uh, Hawk himself, yeah. That, I, that wasn't something that was on my radar because I wasn't big on what Lance was doing over there in Japan, but he's honestly one of my favorite guys. Eddie Kingston, using Twitter, even though he doesn't really understand how Twitter <laughs> works. Uh, I think that's a work uh to shoot on Cody and where that's gotten him now. Uh but of all of them Dawes number 1 moment of 2020 in AEW and this really it really means something. Considering all the great things, I mean from uh like like you said Sting showing up to uh Trent Question Mark being the first BTE champion. Number one moment of twenty twenty, my boy Pineapple Pete.
0: Oh, that pumpkin headed dipshit.
1: <laughs> it just in all in all serious no, not the number one not the number one moment of twenty twenty, but you talk about things that we didn't expect. Absolutely. Was a guy who was asked to show up to be an extra wearing a pineapple Hawaiian shirt. Main eventing an episode of Dynamite
0: with Chris freaking Jericho. By the way, when when I call pineapple peep a pump, 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 pumpkin headed dipshit, like, like that's that's all in fun. I'm stealing it. Term,
1: term of endearment, man. Yeah, we all yeah know term it. of endearment. I'm, I'm
0: stealing it from Jericho, but it's like, could, could we do the entirety of those Nightmare Factory tapings where it's like, okay, the world's l- literally burning down around us, dot, 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 but we still have a two hour. Yep. Uh, weekly obligation to the uh, Turner network because 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 I'll be honest another one of my highlights on like on on my notes is some people that took advantage of all the opportunities they were given at the nightmare factory tapings and 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 that's the rise of the best friends like like the best friends Britt Baker yes though
1: Britt Baker was in a prominent spot absolutely that cemented her heel turn and made her so much
0: better than she was Try, i guess she was trying to be a baby face originally they were trying to book her as a baby face and i think at this point even she would admit that was probably a mistake but it's like Britt baker i mean getting her face busted up by sheeta that was that was a uh, freaking t-shirt on Pro prowrestlingtees.com the next day and a killer freaking t-shirt too but it's like the best friends were presented with opportunity after opportunity after opportunity yep. at those nightmare tapings, at those nightmare factory tapings. And it really elevated the entire team because I'll be honest, it's like I wasn't that familiar with them when AEW started. Mm-hmm. And when AEW has just a crazy deep tag team division, they were just kind of dudes. But In- Indeed, indeed.
1: I think that is a good natural transition to loop back around uh to uh those couple of questions that you had for me a minute ago. So what it was breakout star and then
0: breakout star of twenty twenty one and underrated uh most underrated of twenty twenty.
1: All right, so you might have to throw this one back to me because it might not count. I think the breakout star of twenty twenty-one is Samuel Guevara. Ooh because he is in a prominent role. he is an inner circle he's getting that rub off of Chris Jericho and the rest of that group. I think at some point he will get a singles opportunity whether it's to challenge for the TNT championship and reignite that feud with Darby Allen or maybe in the world title picture but I look Sammy Guevara
0: is worth a million bucks Dawes. It's, I I made that weird sound when you said Samuel Guevara because that's exactly my answer too. Samuel Guevara is on the verge of being a megastar. And it's like, I think once he decides he's had enough of the inner circle shit and starts feuding with the inner circle, he is going Mm -hmm. to be a massive baby face. I mean, just, just look at his, his offensive skill, the moves that he pulls off, it it screams babyface, and dude has charisma fallen out of his butt. Like, like, yeah, Sammy Guevara is my most underrated performer of 2020, and I love the fact that, 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 that we had the same answer. That's
1: awesome. Hey, so in that same vein, maybe not one of both because I don't want to get too convoluted, but a guy who or a team who you think's either a little underrated or a team that's poised for a breakout on the tag side of things. Hmm.
0: Well, I don't know if it's going to happen. Me personally, I hope it's Jurassic Express because cause I, I think Luchasaurus is just like so fun to watch in the ring. Dude is a big man, but he flies around like he's the size of Marco Stunt. And Jungle Boy has potential to be a world champion in the future. So so I'm going to go with Jungle Express or Jurassic so Express. Excuse that's,
1: me. That's interesting you say that from the tag side of things because I think Sammy is my breakout star. I think the underrated guy on the roster is Jungle Boy. Mm, Okay. Because I don't think they're the same thing because I don't think Sammy's underrated. I just think he hasn't got that rocket ship main event push
0: yet. I follow you. He's going to
1: have a big 2021 because eventually the inner circle is going to Implode. Uh, but I think Jungle Boy, I me- think a lot of people, because he's out there and, and you know, he's wrestling with a guy who thinks he's a dinosaur. What do you and, mean he thinks
0: he is? He is a dinosaur.
1: The, okay. <laughs> thank you for calling me on that. Let me make sure he was. He's wrestling with a dinosaur and all this stuff. They don't kind of take Jurassic Express seriously because Jurassic Express is kind of in that mid card spot where they get some wins every now and again, but sometimes they kind of got to do a job for the bigger guys. So I think Jungle Boy will be a breakout star. Uh, I could see Jurassic Express being kind of, again, underrated in that tag division and making a big push. I am excited in the tag division to see what they do with some of these young teams who have been getting a spotlight by getting to work with the Bucks. Mm, yes. Uh, the acclaimed, yes, uh, top flight, especially. Oh my god,
0: top flight! Um, like I am all I think, in on them. No pun intended. I,
1: I don't think those guys are underrated. Obviously, because the Bucks are choosing to work with them, they're clearly trying to spotlight those guys. But I think they could be poised for a big breakout in the tag division. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised. In the tag division, if twenty twenty one ends up again, they wouldn't be breaking out or anything, and they're certainly not underrated. But if twenty twenty one would be big for the Lucha Bros, yes, like because they're like, not going to split oh up. God. Def Triangle is back, and I think twenty twenty one, however they position it, whether they're as a tag team or they do something in the singles realm, twenty twenty one is going to be big for the Lucha Bros because, quite frankly, they're going to be around.
0: Yeah, I a thousand percent agree, especially with the Lucha Bros. It's like, like this, this, like, 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 maybe, maybe, um, I'm going to go back to my airing of grievances, just not full voice, because, uh, like, like, I understand what they've done with them. Uh, the booking of Lucha Bros and Proud and Powerful, Santana and Ortiz, I feel like those two teams have yet to even begin to touch the yes. potential they have in that tag team division. It's like, Proud and Powerful
1: after you have the blow off of the inner circle could be to the tag division. However, they're positioned to what Sammy
0: Guevara is going to be on the single side of things. And remember at the beginning of the year, AEW wipes the slate clean. Everybody starts at zero and zero. So what's not to say that those two teams could Start a meteoric rise to the top. And I mean, like, you already mentioned the acclaim, you already mentioned top flight. It's like I know I know a lot of people don't like uh, acclaimed rapping, but whatever. Shut up, it's wrestling. Uh like but in, uh,
1: it's a it's a gimmick. John Cena can't rap good either.
0: Though to be fair, Cena got over the fact that he couldn't rap and mm-hmm. it was damn good mm-hmm. to the point that WWE put out a entire album of it. And I'm gonna be honest, like my time is now. It's a banger, as the kids say. I have a,
1: a burnt copy of that, uh, John Cena album. Scrap. I do. <laughs> All right. So do you want to do the top five matches? You oh, want to, end? I with still that, have or some highlights,
0: do... my friend. Be- okay. Do you, cause I know we got to get to our wrestler of the year too. So I'm trying yeah, to figure out what order, by we're gonna the go. way, this is going long. I apologize, but I figure since I was just straight up machine gun, Anderson, b- shooting up the entire wwe in the uh bullshit it's that, a, that i it's hated our, it's our end of the year special
1: too so it's gonna probably be a few weeks we're gonna be like post uh new Year's smash before we probably do another show
0: anyway exactly so we want to give you the lovely listener more of us to listen to by the way you're welcome uh <laughs> so uh i actually have some wwe things that i'm a fan of from this year all right, quickly. Which is kind of surprising just based on the way I decided to burn down the entire thing during uh, my, my gripes. Um, They've done some good stuff. I like Heel Roman Reigns. Ooh, well, it's funny you mentioned that because that is at the very top of my list. Heel Roman Reigns going from the big dog to the tribal chief, the head of the table. Like, he is so damn compelling being a heel. Uh, being paired with Paul Heyman, like like it it's it, it's so refreshing, and it's also so frustrating. It's like WWE, why did you wait so long to do this? Because heel Roman Reigns has been money. Like every feud he's been in since he came back, at Survivor Series to challenge for the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship. He made Jay Uso a legitimate main eventer. Um, his story with Kevin Owens has been fantastic and every promo he's done, it feels like it's something out of a good television show, not a wrestling show. Like that is how good Roman Reigns has been since he came back as a hill, a heel. And then, uh, I want to give a shout out like much in the same way that, uh, I gave a shout out to the best friends and Britt Baker for really, keeping AEW afloat during the whole Nightmare Factory tapings. On the flip side, Sasha Banks and Bayley kept the entirety of WWE afloat during those weird months of the pandemic because their story was so good from them being just the skeeziest of heels, like, like, like you hate them, but at the same time you respect them. But you knew eventually they were gonna they were gonna turn on each other or one was gonna turn on the on on the other. And everybody thought Sasha was gonna do it and then swerve. Bailey with her Becky haircut just comes and murders Sasha Banks. I love the story that they told there. Part of me wishes that they were able to kind of you know stretch it out to WrestleMania, but I understand uh, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um uh and this was before the world shut down due to COVID Uh, at the Royal rumble. You think, you know, me when edge returned in the Royal rumble and yes, Oh my God. Like, like I'm, I'm I'm not going to lie. I know a lot of people liked this year's Royal rumble. Me personally, I wasn't a fan of it just because the first part of it was lol Brock. And, and that, that put me out. So, but edges return brought me back in and I'm so glad that we had a audience for that. Like just thinking about it, the hair on my arm is, is standing up, like so excited to see what edge can do in the future. Assuming he recovers from the injury he's dealing with, but, but thankfully it's not a neck injury. So in theory, I mean, hell, if he can came back from, from his neck injury, he can definitely do that. And then finally, this is the Landon eats crow award. Pat McAfee and NXT. Yep. I was so down on this entire gimmick when it started. Like, Like, stupid kicker from the Colts is going to come in here just because he has a successful podcast. But you know what, Pat? I apologize because you were one of the highlights of 2020. Not only your match with Adam Cole... Bay uh, Bay, where you came up short. But the fact that you came back and you formed the group, the Kings of NXT, like I loved everything involving Pat McAfee this year in the world of professional wrestling. And I hope, hope, hope we get more Pat McAfee in the future because this guy is a natural. You know, you're doing something good when in the same calendar week, CM Punk and stone cold Steve Austin say he's a better promo than anybody on the roster. Because he is. McAfee and that, gets it.
1: And that angle started so bad with him trying to act like Adam Cole had disreact like legitimately disrespected his radio show. And to where it ended up, I agree with you. Pat McAfee. Uh, a highlight of 2020 in wrestling
0: who'd have thunk it that we would have been talking about how good a former punter for the Indianapolis Colts was in the world of professional wrestling wrestling's the best y'all it is all right top five
1: matches of 2020 you want to start you want me to start uh well well do, do, do we uh do we want to go uh five to one or one to five or what Five to one, you gotta count it down It's the end of the year Okay. Clark will roll over in his grave (laughs) Because we agree on a lot We actually agree on a lot of these And if you need to add in an honorable mention Or something, we can work that in along the way I'm gonna start At number five And Dawes, If your number's a little different or whatever But number five for me was the BTE 200 Match between Matt and Nick Wow Uh, Okay uh, Yeah
0: Hey, Wait, I love it. Like, like the story that they told leading up into BTE, which by the way, like if, if you're an AEW fan, you really need to like take 20, 30 minutes every Monday and just watch it. Like, like, like what are you doing? Watch BTE every week. Yeah. But like, that was it. Like, a- I don't want to give you homework, but if you want the entire experience, yeah, probably you need to watch BTE.
1: So. That was number five for me. I thought that was really creative what they did when the Bucks literally had to stay out in California for a while and were off television otherwise that they started doing some matches on BTE. And I think that might have been a good dry run in Blueprint to try to figure out how to merge BTE and and Dark together and whatever the second program is going to be for Oh, yeah that's, TNT, supposed to that's have happening it, right? in 2021 yeah. mm-hmm. uh so I like the BTE 200 match there were some nice callbacks to it it was a good match because the young bucks were wrestling in it so <laughs> shocker uh so BTE 200 is at number five for me that whole deal that they were doing that led to that again to be able to get some guys back on quote unquote television that couldn't appear on dark because they couldn't travel from california to Florida. And the storyline with the the Young Bucks injuries indeed, and needing to have a match against one another, to know that they're ready to go back to AEW and everything. That was number five for me. Dawes, I know that one's on your list as well. I don't know maybe where you put it in the pecking order.
0: That's actually in my honorable mentions list. Uh, number, uh-huh. yeah, number five for me is going to be... A tag team that I highlighted in my best of moments of twenty twenty, the rise of the best friends. That is going to be the best friends taking on Santana and Ortiz in the parking lot brawl on an episode of AEW Dynamite. Like, just number
1: four for me, by the way.
0: Okay, all right, I I I respect that. I, I I hella respect that, but. By the way, I hate the fact that I just said hella. I, I apologize. But uh it's it was such a dang good match. Like, like when people like Jim Ross, who have, you know, decades of experience in the world of professional wrestling are saying this is the best parking lot brawl match I've ever seen or or a match of that same vein. I'm hard to disagree because like I'll be honest, from beginning to end, I loved every moment of that match, including the best friends climbing in the back of Sue's minivan, and then uh, that's Sue the highlight of the match. shooting them the bird. Hell oh, yeah, yeah, Sue! <laughs> yeah, so
1: so best friends and and proud and powerful is actually number four uh, for me. A match that I think you probably have in your top five. Uh, that's an honorable mention uh, for me is that FTR Young Bucks match. Mm. And it's not so. Uh, maybe it's not fair to do this to the match to judge it by the build to it. And I'm sure it was good, you know. It was it was it was a, it was a good match. It, it, the The titles changed hands, um, but the the storyline leading into it and how they tried to build into it kind of uh, diminished that one uh, for me. But it, it's an honorable mention. But I'm sure that's somewhere on your list if we're just comparing notes. And I'm starting to put things together based on how we rank
0: things. As a matter of fact, that is my number four match of the year and it speaks to the quality of the match because if you remember I put the build into this match in 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 my worst of 2020 and and I wasn't the only one that thought that it was a terrible build for what should have been a dream match but once these once these teams stepped into the ring and the bell rang it lived up to all of the hype like Matt and Nick Jackson, uh, Dax Hardwood, Cash Wielder, they really might be the best tag teams in the world. And that pains me to say as a New Day stand, but the truth's the truth. And and those two del- those two teams delivered on incredibly high expectations. Expectations that a lot of people thought they couldn't live up to, but lo and behold, they did. And that match was fantastic.
1: Number three for me, because again, the the FTR Young Bucks match was was good, uh, but it's just on the outside of my uh, top five because uh, I just I really liked uh, that match that the Bucks did on BTE. So it was between uh, this should tell you something about the Bucks. Like it was between a, it was between a Bucks match and a Bucks match uh, for number five <laughs> on the list. And then if I count it, one, two, three of my top five involve the Young Bucks.
0: They're kind of good at wrestling is what we're getting at. They're (laughs) kind of good at wrestling.
1: (laughs) Number three for me, and this isn't a separate category from the others, and I need to preface that because of how I'm going to rank stuff later. Number three for me was the Stampede. Um, I thought that was a really... Good way for AEW to make up for the fact that they didn't want to do Blood and Guts, a.k.a. War Games, without fans. Mm. And the fact that the Daily Place Amphitheater is right across the street, connected to the Jaguar stadium. Uh, And uh, I thought it was a really well-done match, good spots, and kind of different from the other cinematic matches that happened in 2020. Yes, it was a pre-tape, the... Best Friends parking lot fight with Proud and Powerful was taped ahead of time, too. That doesn't really make it uh, cinematic in nature. Uh, But I really enjoyed uh, the Stadium Stampede. It was a good way to close out that uh, pay-per-view and kind of wind down that feud between the Elite and the Inner Circle uh, and a a decent uh, substitute uh, for uh, not being able to have war games.
0: Yeah, that bums me out. We never got to see that uh blood and guts match, which which I mean I love the fact that they used a quote from Vince McMahon kind of trying to disparage. It was like, well, guess what, son of a bitch? We're gonna call our match that. Uh and also it's like like, uh let me let me pivot back to the worst of uh let me let me throw in the uh the the injuries to Matt Hardy not only did he get busted open yep. really gory the hard way I thought I watched Matt Hardy die on pay-per-view thankfully he didn't he got better but fun this is my number 3 match as well like Stadium Stampede like I loved everything about it the stories that they told during the match um <laughs> for, I was uh, honestly nervous when Jericho announced it I, the
1: Stadium Stampede cuz you know he likes to get the 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 kind of hokey names and stuff sometimes we talked about mimosa mayhem i was worried this might not be great and it absolutely delivered i mean uh jericho given the the judas effect to the jags mask oh that was and, fantastic
0: and as a titans fan i love that
1: and sammy Guevara, unfortunately getting chased by a horse <laughs> Uh, i shouldn't say for but Sam McFarr getting chased by the hangman on the horse and well hell and even you know, even
0: before that like the inner circle coming out in matching jerseys how legit is that it,
1: the the hundred the hundred yards of sup- or were they the 100 <laughs> yards of suplexes were they all northern light suplexes i don't know i'm not technical um but uh, the the spots off the goalpost, uh Hager and a uh, cowboy. At yes, the bar. in the
0: bar. That was that was probably my highlight of the match. Like it felt like like a a John Wayne movie where where the gunslinger walks into the bar, looks at the guy that he knows, so he has to kill or he's going to kill him. Almost a show of respect. It's like you want to do this. All right, we're doing this. The.
1: The swimming pool of reincarnation. Although I really hope t- Tony Khan cleaned that pool really, really well, because drunk Jaguars fans do unmentionable things in that
0: during the football mm. games.
1: Yeah, well, I'm just saying, man. You're in northern Florida and you're drunk. I mean, now, I
0: mean, you live in Jacksonville, so you're already practically white yeah. trash in your face, Jacksonville. <laughs> go Titans. Duval. Um,
1: hey, the 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 finish. Like, the balls of Sammy oh my Guevara God, let yes. Kenny Omega one-winged angle to him off of that platform.
0: Yes. Like, like I, I know Matt Hardy is already uh, termed the coin spot monkey. Sammy Guevara might be the very first bump monkey because, oh, my God. The fact he's like, yeah, sure, let's do this. Oh, my God. That spot. Which
1: leads me to honorable mention. Sammy Guevara getting hit by a golf cart <laughs> on Dynamite in that street fight. Like
0: that what, was like fantastic. Four or
1: five days before the stampede. Aha! Uh-huh,
0: yep. Oh, that was so great. The week of the stampede.
1: Aha! Uh-huh. So yeah, Stadium Stampede in at number three because that was just it was fun, and I think it probably kind of pissed off uh, some people like my uncle Jay.
0: <laughs> well, it's okay. He so, can yell at somebody in a Wendy's uh, drive through. Mother
1: Dairy fucker. Queen drive
0: through. <laughs> Yeah. Or was it Wendy's? I can't remember. It, 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 it was Wendy's, but, but whatever. Um, but yeah, that's anyway. also my number three. Um, I also think we might have the same number two and this might be a cop out, but I feel I'm, 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 feeling through the universe. We're just going to lump a whole bunch of cinematic matches into yes. one category, right? It's not fair
1: because there were so many good matches in 2020 you have to list those individually and then would have to leave out the stampede or the best friends or BTE. I guess we can make a list more than five, but I feel like a top five (laughs) list. is.
0: It definitely sounds better for a podcast, you know, a top five.
1: Yeah. Do your top five matches. I didn't want to do, you know, David Letterman might sue me if I do a top 10 list. Um, and I don't know if there's actually 10 good matches. I'm going
0: to disagree. There was definitely some good stuff going on, but it was like, let's, let's highlight the high moments. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, if we get to 10, then I'm going to have to put the boneyard yard match in there. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, How do we not mention that? Shout out to Luke Gallows and uh, Carl Anderson putting together ta- talking shop of mania you do honorable
1: y'all. mentions in between each number. Dodge, you got to fill time on the thing, um, <laughs> but no the, the, the Honorable mention to the entire Talking Shop Mania.
0: Yes. I still think uh, Knock Off Ric Flair is, uh, it has uh, that one guy in a headlock still to this day. <laughs> like, if you have not seen Talking Shop Mania and now Talking Shop Mania 2, I'll be honest, haven't seen the sequel, but like, this was the wrestling version of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Meets
1: Aqua Teen Hunger
0: Force meets. You know, children's hospital yes. and yes. This this is the wrestling version of the room with Tommy Wiseau. Like, it's so damn bad. It's great. I <sighs> Chavo Guerrero,
1: baby. That's all I'm gonna say. But yeah, I, I think I think I think knockoff Rick Flair still has that guy in a headlocker, he's giving him a chop. One, Woo! Two. Woo! 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 <laughs> Did he say supposed to? <laughs> Honorable mention to the bone honorable mention to talk and mania.
0: Uncle Alan, uh, is that you?
1: <laughs> but number two, it this was the year of the cinematic match, Dawes. I think the best of the cinematic matches was the Boneyard match. Yeah. if I do a sub ranking, Boneyard match, fun house. And then I I enjoyed the elite deletion uh as well i don't know if it rises quite to the level of the other two but the year of the cinematic match
0: yeah i would sure. I, I would agree with you at that placing and also your rankings um uh I love all of matt hardy's cinematic matches uh that's actually what put my eyes back on impact wrestling back in the day when he and brother nero were were uh were fighting uh f- with the first final deletion just so damn good but it's like the boneyard match what like like this is how you book the undertaker in 2020 if you're going to continue to book him which by the way WWE canon he murdered luke gallows and carl anderson like like he 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 threw one of them off the roof and then i think like like uh Threw the other well, one off the roof, and and they they ne- wanted
1: they wanted their release anyway. So
0: well, well, it, it worked out for everybody. But in the WWE universe, the Undertaker's probably wanted for murder. But um, he then did go on to bury literally AJ Styles, and it ended with a freaking prop arm of AJ Styles's glove sticking out of the uh, the dirt, and it. Uh, ended with a Metallica song, and it was awesome. Like, like, if if uh, if, I mean, if Undertaker wants to continue participating in the world of wrestling at this point in his life, and I think he would agree with this. Like, this is the way you need to do it. By the way, AEW, if you're listening with Sting, maybe follow this route. Um,
1: go go listen to Sting on Unrestricted.
0: Okay, well I well, will have to do that. I love the fact that we're continuing to plug other podcasts. Um uh but but I I I loved the Boneyard match. Uh the story was fun. Um even like like from the beginning when AJ Styles showed up in a casket where you thought it was going to be Undertaker, and then he popped out laughing like like a jackass heel. It was so great. Um though I do think the story that the Firefly Funhouse told That same WrestleMania weekend. Story wise, it might have been better. And also, as a wrestling fan that has been on board for pretty much the entire Cena run, very cathartic and almost like opens the what if portal from the Mm. Marvel Cinematic Universe or the Marvel Comics. Like, what if Cena formed? A new NWO. What if Cena finally turned heel? It was, it was so nice for them to have that much awareness to show what could have been, what what maybe should have been rather, and also the fact that we got a Vince McMahon puppet who was so self-aware, saying it's such good shit, pal. Like like the fact that Vince McMahon signed off on that at all. Like holy smokes. Like cannot believe. He was okay with that. And then, of course, the final relation between Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy, a.k.a. the monkey paw (laughs) feud that kept going and kept trying to get people murdered or die throughout the entire feud. Um, I'll be honest, I held my breath the entire time, but I'm glad it ended the way it did, and I'm glad everybody, more importantly, walked away. But that that was also a great match. This... This was a fun year for cinematic matches, except for the swampyard match. That thing was bullshit. But anyway,
1: <laughs> I just, I just like that they let Matt Hardy play with a monster truck.
0: <laughs> yes, the match started with Matt Hardy murdering Samu Guevara with a monster truck, or at least trying to.
1: Well, it would be the first person who was a ghost to wrestle, kind of in the AEW universe, or you know elite universe because Adam Cole was a ghost y'all just a reminder match of the year we all agree I mean you're probably thinking to yourself okay what could top the boneyard the stampede or the boner yard par- match oh yeah dude of course <laughs> uh, that parking lot brawl was fantastic what was better than BTE 200 y'all or, know what it is or F- y'all know. Or F- or FTR in the books y'all know. Y'all know. y'all know y'all know and yes it did happen in 2020 <laughs> The world tag team title match at Revolution, the Young Bucks versus Omega and Hangman. Um, that might not just be the match of 2020. If 2021 goes sideways, that might just be the match of 2021 because <laughs> I might just watch that on loop on YouTube or something.
0: You're not wrong, good brother Rab, because like, that was one of those matches like. I still remember me standing up to watch it. That's how much I was into that match. Every near fall towards the end. And, and 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 the storytelling didn't stop once once the one, two, three happened. Like there were several teases where it looks like Omega is gonna side with the Bucks and they're gonna lay out Hangman, and then it didn't happen. There was a moment where it looks like Hangman is gonna turn on Kenny and lay him out with the Buckshot Lariat and then it didn't happen. And the entire time like that was that was when the bucks were definitely leaning into them being, you know, kind of shitbag heels. And and it worked. I mean, it definitely didn't work uh with FTR, but it's like like all the fans wanted to love Kenny and Hangman because first of all, they were they were a damn good combination. They're damn good wrestlers, but at the same time like
1: who who doesn't love a drunk anxious millennial cowboy and a, a Jap- you know pseudo Japanese uh, superstar murder wrestler?
0: Yeah, amen to that. As a functioning alcoholic, I I relate to Hangman Adam Page, my boy. <laughs> so that's your that's your match of the year. The only
1: thing that would make it better. Is if it would have happened in the Tokyo Dome, oh, but it's like 19 stars. And a half stars anyway. Yeah.
0: All the stars.
1: Before we wrap it up uh, here quickly, Dawes, because uh, if we keep going any longer, it really actually will be twenty twenty one. Wrestler of the year. I'll let you go first.
0: Okay. All right. As much love as I put on all elite wrestling, and I think rightfully so. I think it is the far superior uh promotion going my wrestler of the year actually comes from the wwe and that is roman reigns
1: i can go i can vibe with that they finally turned him heel they made him a paul Heyman guy he's had a he's had a resurgence and he, he's finally getting over i don't know why wwe has to be so uh stubborn sometimes and and try to force feed you uh, stuff you don't want. Nobody wanted to like Roman as a face, but it's been a good uh, resurgence for him since uh, the old big dog turned heel. Uh, my wrestler of the year in 2020. well, hold on, hold on.
0: I have some yep. more reasons for Roman. Can I get in here okay, real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, part of the reason is he loves his family so much. He's like, hey, guess what? Um, I have a pre-existing health condition, so I'm going to go the hell home and protect myself from COVID in the lead up to WrestleMania. And then he comes back and is the biggest and quite frankly, best thing in the world of professional wrestling. He made Jay Uso a main event superstar, and he's going to make Jimmy Uso a main event superstar. Once he comes back, Uh, everything he's done uh, from uh, from the J- uh, Jey Uso storyline to uh, Kevin Owens at TLC, uh, it looks like we're getting Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan on the f- er, on like coming up next year, which that is going to be so damn good. Like Rab, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to re up my uh, WWE Network subscription just to watch that stuff. But Roman Reigns has killed 2020, and it's hilarious because he wasn't here for most of it.
1: My guy of the year, I'm going to represent the AEW side and uh, I don't think this is too controversial and I don't think it's just me being a mark. I thought 2020 was a really good year for John Moxley.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah.
1: I think 2020 submitted what we all really knew. I say all of us, but except for Vince McMahon, <laughs> that that's a dude that you can uh, build a company around. Uh, you know, climbs the mountaintop, becomes AEW champion, has some, has some, has some darn good matches uh, with just about anybody you put him in the ring in, and uh, cannot wait for the next chapter in 2021 to see what he does uh, when he's turned loose on uh, uh that that turd uh Kenny Omega. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to their return match. It's going to be that, very interesting.
1: That is going to be very entertaining. But I mean, he gets in the ring. The story, the story he told with uh, Eddie Kingston, uh, kind of having to adjust on the fly, and they decide to do the, you know, the empty arena match with him and Hager. Wasn't great, but. It wasn't just absolute poo. It was either. hard
0: hitting at the absolute least, and 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 you mentioned the 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 Kingston match. That was an instance where they had to pivot due to COVID, and I mean, good on them. They put on a pretty damn good show because of it.
1: They they put on a good show. I, you know, it was one of those things they kind of had to come up with on the fly, but he worked well again. Uh, R.I.P. Brody Lee, but uh, he and, and the late Brody Lee had a good. That team.
0: match was so dang good. They yeah. and 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 they protected Brody as a monster so well. Like like the only way he he stayed down was he literally went through a stage. I, I even like the
1: I even like the John Moxley, uh, MJF feud as well. I thought that was. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I would I, rather well. Yeah. I, I, I would absolutely agree to that. Like, like match. I mean, like, like, I mean, it was okay, but like the lead up to it, you know, <laughs> uh, what, what was it? Imposter John or, or dictator, jo- dictator John. There it is. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, a lot of, the, a lot of that feud was so good because of what MJF did, but uh, as we. Yeah. Uh, shout out to, to MJF.
0: Things- how did, how did we not mention him in our best of at all?
1: huh that's interesting but uh you know let's just give him an honorable mention uh just in general because the wrestling world is so much better uh with him amen
0: to that and by the way you're welcome mgf all don't right, yell Do- at us
1: <laughs> all right well he's not going to listen to this podcast anyway and if he did he wouldn't have anything nice to say about it <laughs> uh does want to wish you a uh, very safe and happy new year. It's been fun chopping it up on near fall radio with you in 2020 and can't wait to see what 2021 has in store.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would say, you know, hopefully it's going to get better in 2021, but we have no promise of that. So uh, nope. in the meantime, why don't you follow the good brother, Rab Rab, where can the lovely listeners find you on the Twitters? Follow me on Twitter at RabWill, and that'll let you know about
1: everything else I got going on.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Follow me on Twitter, L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me. Uh, That's where you can find the latest from me, 280 characters at a time. I also run a website, buttmunchchips.com. Butt Munch Chips, sit on your butt munch. Um, I also appear on the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. If you've never listened to the uh, the MMM, as we like to call it, you know, the cool kids, uh, we just did a best of the first 10 episodes. Episode, So maybe give you kind of a primer uh, to jump on. But, you know, if you are a fan of Mickey Mouse and the whole happening down in Orlando, Florida, uh, check that one out. And I also appear on The Phil Show, News Talk 987WOKI, radio station locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, streaming 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at uh, News Talk 987.com. And uh, iHeartRadio app and News Talk 987 app as well. So, uh, Rab. Any final thoughts for all our lovely listeners before we hit the dough for 2020 and and, and, and we heal it to suck it?
1: I th- I don't think I could say it any better than you did, so.
0: All right, fantastic. So for The Will Rab, I am A-Land and Doan. Wash your damn hands, wear your damn mask, and be decent to each other. I mean, it's not that hard, you idiots. You've been great. We've been near fall. Thank you very much,